facts, opinions, controversies, current events, technology, the arts. How they affect you, your family, your friends, or your business depends on your point of view. Now it's time for Point of View, a weekly forum for insight and information of importance to the Chicago area, produced by the News Department of WNUA 95.5 Chicago. Here's your host, Charlie Meyerson. Good morning. When people ask me about the future of journalism and what the Internet means to the profession as I've known it, I always mention our guest on this edition of Point of View. It's Aaron Barnhart, a Northwestern University journalism graduate, not journalism graduate, Latin, Latin graduate, right. but he started in journalism, who spent seven years um, knocking around a variety of desk jobs before he found his calling in cyberspace as a big-name TV critic big and getting bigger. Uh, his weekly column, Late Show News, reaches more than 10,000 subscribers via email for free and I think this is one of the neatest stories in journalism. Uh, I think it points the way a lot of us in this profession will or may be able to do our work in the future. Welcome to Point of View. I hope this interview lives up to the intro. Thanks, Charlie. <laughs> I hope it's shorter than the intro. <laughs> um, well, I want to begin. Let, let's uh, relay the, uh, the ballad of Barnhart to our audience. Uh, 1987, you, you get out of Northwestern. 1987, I got out of Northwestern. 1990, I got my first Internet account as a result. Uh, probably the best thing that ever happened to me at graduate school uh, was getting that Internet account, uh, an otherwise unsuccessful attempt at continuing uh, to look for work uh, in academia. Um, that Internet account led to a number of uh, online discussions. The thing to know about the internet in 1990, which is when I got my account, was there was no World Wide Web. Everything was conducted in plain text in a couple of, of areas. One was email. Uh, not only the private email people sent back and forth to each other, but you could actually, by sending email to a machine or a robot, as we called it, you could join a discussion list that took place strictly by email. You got a bunch of messages in, you responded to them, and those were relayed to the whole group. Uh, then there were news groups, which were the same, but in a more of a public form, didn't require email. So those were really the two uh, environments that, uh, that any online traveler uh, uh, inhabited. And Late Show News grew out of that some years later. I happened to be in a Letterman news group and uh, had come across some news uh, uh, at that time. It was during the 93-94 season which was Letterman's first year on CBS. He was volcanic. He was tremendous. Everybody loved him. And the Letterman News Group that year in particular was buzzing with activity. So everybody wanted to know the latest news about the Leno-Letterman feud. Bill Carter's book, The Late Shift, chronicling the series of events leading up to Letterman's going to CBS, uh, had just come out. It's a very busy time. And... So I relayed some news. I, I'm not even sure what the tidbits were at the time. Uh, typed it up in the form of a newsletter and printed it to this news group. And, and this is something I discovered about cyberspace. I got immediate feedback, <laughs> literate feedback from people. Um, 
I suppose that whenever a controversial story airs on television, uh, the switchboards light up. Well, my switchboard lighted up, and it was all favorable. And I made an immediate decision there that I would start doing this weekly, but I would expand my base and write about all of late-night television uh, because uh, I'd always been a fan of late-night shows, and it, it followed that if you stayed up late to watch Letterman, you probably watched Leno, maybe stayed up for Conan O'Brien or Koppel if, if Dave's guests didn't interest you. And so that was the beginning of Late Show News, the next week. And I, I decided, without much of a plan, that I would publish it every Tuesday. And I found a few places like the Internet News Groups, a bulletin board in California, a bulletin board in New York uh, that, that I uh, also frequented. Um, and once demand picked up, uh, I started issuing it over uh, an, an email um, robot. Uh, that would uh, send out the issue to whoever wanted. Uh, they they would send in a command and say, you know, send me this every week, and and so it was it was basically a mailing list, and people would voluntarily join the mailing list, and uh, that now is the primary uh, vehicle it gets distributed by. Ten thousand. That number astonishes me, and it's and it's growing. How did how did you come to reach ten thousand readers? Well, I remember coming in the first. A week and after I had set up the email list, this was about six weeks after the list was launched. I'd been publishing it to a number of public forums, and in response to people who said, "You know, I don't always get to this news group. I don't always log on the bulletin board. I'd like the convenience of getting it in my mailbox. Could you set up a mailing list?" So I obliged them, of course. And I remember coming back after that first weekend when I had announced the creation of the mailing list and going to the special mailbox I had set up where the robot would send me an announcement. You know, so-and-so has joined the list. So-and-so has joined the list. Each one a discreet email message. And I remember opening up the mailbox and seeing you have 100, 200, 300, 400, 900 <laughs> new messages from this robot informing me that so-and-so has joined the list. So that was when I knew that that there were a lot of people out there listening. Now, all this is, you're doing this for free. You're mm -hmm. out, out of love of uh, Letterman, late-night television, the Internet, whatever, computers, whatever. Um, and and it's, it's grown wild since there. You, you, you still do the column, of course, and we'll, we'll tell you later, folks, how to subscribe to this newsletter, Late Show News, for free yourself. Uh, but you, I mean, you've become an authority on on television uh, late night television programming in particular Wh where else have you have you been well i should be truthful one of the th reasons that i kept doing it after the first few weeks was that it led almost immediately to print opportunities i was posting to a bulletin board in california and unbeknownst to me uh one of my early readers and fans uh was a staff writer at the village voice decided he wanted to do a story on it then had another thought and s and, and called up his editor and said how would you like uh, a niche columnist on late-night television uh, who right now only publishes on the Internet? So a meeting was arranged. Uh, I, was, I was going to uh, New York, actually, to see the Letterman show, uh, and we, we, we started a column in the Village Voice called After Hours, which appears to this day every few weeks, uh, just v various musings on late-night television. So from the beginning, there was always a motivation um, to do this free column on the internet right. because I knew it could lead to so it wasn't all just for love, but no. I mean it's it's proven quite uh, I will, I, well. Has it been lucrative? Would you call it lucrative? Well, let's put it this way. I mean, uh, partially as a result of this 
uh, uh, partially as a result of my freelance uh, uh, of this of this column, I've been able to uh, 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 finally give up those blasted desk jobs and <laughs> uh, become a full-time freelance writer. However, that's uh, uh, lest I paint too rosy a picture here. I mean. Uh, I also got married uh, about a year ago, <laughs> and uh, uh, partially as a result of the uh, economy of uh, joint living, I was also able to pursue a career as a full-time freelance writer. Uh, ne- nevertheless, it's a start. It's Point of View on WNUA 95.5. Charlie Myerson here talking to freelance journalist and late-night TV online and offline critic uh, Aaron Barnhart, who lives in Evanston. We've already established, I guess, several times over, you don't make any money directly off late show news, but uh, we hear in, a, in uh, any one of a number of uh, arenas uh, lately about the commercialization of the Internet, World Wide Web. Has anyone come to you and said, Aaron, we like your newsletter. Uh, give us a, a line or two at the top or at the bottom to advertise our product or our corporations. Anyone come to you and said that? Well, about every month or so, I get a, um, an inquiry from someone who's setting up a World Wide Web page. And this is the, uh, invariably these letters take on the tone of, we are going to be an all-purpose entertainment um, web publication. And uh, we've already been, uh, or we've already been favorably reviewed by so-and-so, and and they name one of the three or four brand names of worldwide web rating services. If you get onto the web, you find it's, it's kind of an incestuous thing because these web rating services rely on people to tout the fact that they are, uh, that they are being touted by these touters. And then, of course, more people hear about the touters and they make, biz- make money. Um, or at least they say they're making money. It all seems right now um, a, a fairly... Uh, uh, ephemeral enterprise this making money off of the off of the internet I, I I imagine that there's right now a lot of funny money and IPO dollars uh, in this more than actual revenues uh, I've resisted getting involved in the World Wide Web and for about a year or so I actually cr- created a, uh, a web version of late show news every week uh, for those listeners who aren't uh, uh, familiar the internet operates in, in plain, unformatted text. I mean, that, that's the genius of the Internet, is that you can get millions of computers around the world uh, configured uh, every possible way, built on any number of variety of platforms. Everything that goes out there starts off as an unformatted, plain vanilla text message. And that's what Late Show News was done. And f- as, as a writer, it couldn't be simpler. You type your column, and it's done. No one needs to format it. There's not even italics or big, bold headlines. It just goes out. No editors get to muck with it. No, uh, which sometimes (laughs) (laughs) it suffers as a result. It goes both ways. Uh, It does. But the the web offers an opportunity to put the big, bold headlines, to highlight things, to add pictures, and to create hyperlinks so that a user clicks on a link and is taken, transported magically, to another part of the World Wide Web where they can see uh, uh, related or supporting resources, documents, and so forth. Sounds great, um, but if you're trying to write a column uh, and get it in before, the, before you go to bed on Monday night, uh, it gets a little problematic uh, because, as all journalists do, I suppose, I, I'm a procrastinator, yeah. and I put things off. Um, so that was the first problem. The second problem was there simply weren't enough people going to see the web version for, for, for it to be worthwhile t- for me. For all of the hype out there about the World Wide Web, 
Um, I've yet to see any proof that it's, it's gaining anywhere near the adherence in terms of loyalty and repeat uh, business uh, that other more established forms of sending stuff over the Internet, like email, have. And so as a result, I've dropped my web page and I've gone back to publishing it on news groups and over, over email. I have 10,000 readers. I know they're going to get it every week through, through email. Um, and, and, and that's a number I can bank on. With the World Wide Web, people are coming and going so quickly, you never know how long they're on your page, how long they're looking at it. Uh, or if the, or if they'll come back and and for me that loyalty does matter. I'm I'm really more a f- uh, a, a, a budding young critic, uh, and and I need my independence and and I and I'm not really interested in working for the man, even if it's a a, a worldwide web page out in an exciting new medium. Point of view on WNUA 95.5. I'm Charlie Myerson. Our guest is freelance journalist and late night TV online critic Aaron Barnhart. In broad strokes, what's going on in late-night television? Letterman, Leno, O'Brien, Snyder, uh, Nightline? Well, uh, I think what's happening right now is that you're seeing a massive uh, restructuring of expectations among the uh, TV-watching community and TV critics, um, a lowering of expectations uh, regarding the, the, the signature franchises of late-night for, for each of the three networks. Um, when Letterman came on the air, it, it raised the cachet of the entire late-night time slot uh, immensely. Um, uh, Letterman was 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 attracting a, a six rating. Yeah, you know, that's a that's six percent of 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 all tele uh, that's six percent of all television households. And Leno would be attracting a four, and Koppel would be attracting a six. Well, that means that about sixteen percent of the of the American television public was watching late night. Today it's about it's about a 12 or a 13 now total rating. Not as many people are staying up to watch late night television. Why? Well, I think the excitement has burned off. I think that uh, Letterman's show has changed. I mean, ultimately, what these late night shows are is they're 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 persuading people to stay up late. And for that first year when Letterman was hot, really the first two years. He was hot. He was exciting. He was doing a lot of interesting stuff, a lot of bells and whistles, and people couldn't wait to see what would be on the next night, and they would always talk about it around the water coolers. There's definitely been a diminishment of that. You know, for 11 years, I recorded almost every Letterman show on, on my VCR. My hours dictate that I go to bed long before these shows mm-hmm. start. Um, as a matter of fact, his show was the main reason that I bought my first VCR back mm-hmm. in 1985. I gave it up. I gave up Letterman couple of months ago because he seemed to my perspective uh, my perception so repetitive so de- so depressed uh, increasingly lowbrow and just kind of mean that and I decided it wasn't worth it anymore and uh, I, I gather that you come across others who share that that perspective I get an email all the time one of the things I like about doing late show news is that my response is so sudden and dramatic uh, I and 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 lucid I get a lot of really excellent email from my readers uh, sharing with me what they feel so that I don't feel like I'm in a vacuum, which is, I think, the worst thing for, 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 for a critic in this, th- this day. You, you need to have some, some awareness of what other viewers are thinking. Um, and, and, and the response has, has been um, pretty much unanimous. There, there's, there's something not working with the show. Um, in, in many ways, it seems to be modeling itself after Jay Leno's show. 
It has gotten so entrenched in this competition, it's almost hand-to-hand combat with The Tonight Show, that it's, it's, it's almost defaulted any identity of, of its own. And those signature Letterman uh, 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 things, the, just the, the, the offbeat humor, the, um, the, the, the smirk, uh, the, 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 the dissonant sense of humor that didn't have to appeal to everybody, but appealed to the Letterman fan who was a real fan and tuned in night after night. Dave is either not interested in doing that anymore, or it's just he's, he's unable for whatever reason to conjure it up. And so what it has become has been a variation on, on Leno's Tonight Show. I will say this, since uh, he got his, uh, since he fired his old uh, producer of many years, Robert Morty Morton, and replaced him with a comedy writer, Rob Burnett, uh, and got a new head writer, John Beckerman, uh, the show's written comedy is much stronger than it has been in the past year or so. Um, but written comedy only makes up part of the program. And what people took for granted back in the, 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 the glory days of the Letterman show was that Dave was able to keep you fascinated and interested in the show all the way to the end um, just, just, by his, just by his nature. People, I think you've written this. People watch Dave's show to watch Dave. That's right. Not the guest. That's right. And that is, and that always was the difference between the Tonight Show and the Letterman Show. And that's changed. Uh, they've put a lot more uh, emphasis on getting A-list, bankable Hollywood stars. Although I see this week, uh, Polly, uh, this week Polly Shore <laughs> appeared on the show. So I'm not, I'm not sure that's that's a trend they're going to be able to keep up. Um, and um, less emphasis on, on Dave, even though they will always tell you that it's Dave, it's not Dave, or it's not the Dave that, that up until 1994 or so, you could pretty well count on seeing every night. Point of view, WNUA 95.5. We're talking to uh, online TV critic Aaron Barnhart. Uh, let's take time out. People who want to get your newsletter, Late Show, late show News for free, uh, should send an email to um, barnhart at mcsnet. My last name spelled B-A-R-N-H-A-R-T. Or you can send us email at WNUA News at America Online. That address is repeated at the end of the show, so you can get that uh, there. We'll send you the latest issue if you send us email. Um, what's the best show on late night TV now? Well, that's that's Conan O'Brien's show. Um, this is the guy no, nobody thought. <laughs> he was doomed from the start to hear critics, and, and you were one mm-hmm. of the skeptics at first. Oh, it? yeah. No, I, I, I couldn't stand the show. It, it just seemed very antsy. Um, the, the writing was okay. The uh, the interviews were terrible, and it just it just uh, wasn't a very attractive show on 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 several levels. Um, but what I didn't realize at the time was that you know Conan had a vision for this show, and it was simply a matter of of working it out. In retrospect, Conan probably had as solid a plan for his late night show as Letterman did for his show, and has. He, he has a very clear idea about what kind of comedy he wants to do and what kind of show he wants, and he has been painstaking and very consistent in executing that. The wild card in this, of course, has been Conan as a broadcaster. Uh, I went back recently and, and watched that first taping. He was giddy. He was laughing like he just won the lottery. He, 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 would, he would just laugh uncontrollably at his own jokes, at things guests said. He, he was very, very giddy. And so was Andy Richter, 
uh, for that matter, who I'm sure was elated uh, to, to have been made the sidekick, a position he had not auditioned for. Now, um, he, he, he is certainly not the most polished broadcaster. For a guy who's been in broadcasting all of three years, I would say he, he, he's got a lot of polish. And where he's going to be in three years from now, nobody can say. But he is finally getting his due as somebody who, who knows what he's doing in late night and belongs there as much as, as, as anybody. He may even belong someday at 11.30. Bringing this interview full circle again, I want to ask you what you see as the future of journalism in the online world and, and in the real world. Are we going to see, do you expect to see more people like yourself uh, setting themselves up as journalists or columnists and communicating directly with their audience or, uh, or what? Well, understand what I did with Late Show News is um, could probably be compared to uh, Dave Letterman in the 1970s working the comedy clubs in California. Um, he, didn't, he didn't get paid anything for g- getting up at, those, at those, those comedy clubs at Mitzi Shores. Um, but he knew who was in the audience. Talent bookers, uh, people needing screenwriters, people needing people to write teleplays, uh, sitcom writers. All those people were packing the audiences of the comedy store in the late 1970s because they knew that's where the talent was. Um, so it didn't matter that he didn't make any money because every job that he ever got in Hollywood he could trace to his stand-up routines. The Internet has become my stand-up routine, the place where I never expect to see a dime of money, but where every single print assignment I've ever gotten uh, has originated. If other writers want to do that right now, they can get on the internet and begin publishing, and yes, they do have the 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 the, the instant interaction with with readers if they want that. I find a, l- a lot of writers like to hide behind their keyboards, hide behind their screens, and behind the bureaucracy of a of a large publication that reads their mail for them. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not like that. If they're like that and they can tough it out, they can have um, their chance, their shot at it, and and if they're good. And there are a lot of people in the print world now online. Um, it could lead to some, some other opportunities. But it is certainly not a get-rich scheme. And I would certainly discount anybody's uh, chances of actually making money right there on the Internet. Our guest on Point of View on WNUA 95.5, one of my personal heroes, online journalist Aaron Barnhart. His electronic newsletter on late-night television is available free via email request to barnhart at mcs.net. Or you can write to us at the email address you'll hear over our closing theme music. I'm Charlie Myerson. Thanks for joining us. This has been Point of View, a weekly forum for insight and information of importance to the Chicago area. The views expressed are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of WNUA 95.5 or Evergreen Media Corporation. If you have any comments or questions, send them to WNUA News, Suite 300, 444 North Michigan, Chicago 60611. Our email address is News at aol.com. Point of View is an exclusive presentation of the news department of WNUA 95.5 Chicago. Chicago.